Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the Thanksgiving Day slaughter of 22-year-old Amethyst Killian. We're going to be talking about the update in the Asia Cowell murder from back in September. And that one, my friends, is an absolute doozy, something you think you would only see on Law & Order. And then, of course, a a middle school teacher who uh, thought it would be a good idea to establish a relationship with a student and then wheel her into a classroom in a sterilite bin to make sure that no one could detect what he was up to. Yeah, some weird stuff to talk about today here on Milk Carton Mysteries for the 7th of December 2020. My name is Matt Jarbo. Welcome to the program. If you guys haven't already, please head over to Instagram.com forward slash Milk Carton Cast. Help us out. We've actually hit the goal over 115 followers on there. Last week, it was at 45. It jumped up. You guys are great. I really appreciate that. And if you do want to help support the channel and support the show, that would be patreon.com forward slash Matt Jarbo. It's great. We get on that one. And then also facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the milk carton. Uh, You can submit stories there that I can look at. And then if I cover them here on the show, by all means, you get full investigative credit. So without that, or with all that out of the way, why don't we dive into today's uh, to today's stories? And I wanted to touch upon the Asia Cowell story first, because this one is from Labor Day weekend, where uh, 17-year-old Asia Cowell was last seen in Norfolk, Virginia. She, at the time of her disappearance, was standing at about 5 foot 2 inches, 158 pounds, and police said that she was found dead on September 24th from gunshot wounds. Now, I really quickly want to make a quick statement on this one. When I covered this story initially, I had said that she was stout. The terminology was bad. I got a bit of pushback from some of you, which is understandable and warranted. I wasn't trying to denigrate her memory or her physical appearance. I was just trying to understand and talk through how things happen. Now we know, now we know what went down and it is far worse than I think any one of us could ever truly grasp. So here's what we know. The court documents that are coming out about this case now say that Asia Cowell was abducted and killed in order to silence her testimony in a rape case. When I made the reference a second ago about this being like a Law & Order SVU episode, I wasn't making that up. This is legitimate. She was killed because she was the victim of a rape case. She was the witness in a rape case. I'm still shocked by that. I'm still shocked by it. Now, the affidavit says that the people who kidnapped and killed her uh, all are now planning to testify, uh, or all knew that she was planning to testify in an upcoming rape case where she was the victim. It all started back on September 7th when Asia's aunt, Tatina Cowell dropped her off at an apartment in uh, West Kenmore Drive in Norfolk in order to do someone's hair because Asia was a hairstylist. Now, Asia's aunt said that she would pick her up when she was done. And after a few hours, Tatina tried calling Asia, but got no answer. So what happened? Well, now we know, according to this affidavit, Asia was lured to the home, forced into a car at gunpoint, driven out into the woods where she was unfortunately shot and killed. So that answers my question of how they got her from the house to the car. Did 
they, you know, force her in the car? Did they carry her out? Did they drag her out? Now we know that she got there. She went inside. She had a gun pointed at her. Two women and a man or two women forced her in a car, drove to the woods like the opening of the movie Assassins starring Sylvester Stallone and killed her. Now, here's the thing is when the aunt called the authorities and told them where Asia was last, the cops actually went out there and spoke with the two women. Spoke with them. Uh, Crystal Aberton told the authorities that she did not like the way that Asia had done her hair, but paid her and told her to leave. She then says that Asia left the apartment a couple of hours after she was dropped off. Now, Crystal Aberton was also there. Uh, well, no, there's her cousin or brother, Devin Aberton, who's also involved in this. But we're going to talk about him. Uh, the court documents go on to say that Crystal and Devin Aberton, along with 18-year-old Daja Feaster, who was only 17 at the time of the disappearance, she has since turned 18, were at the apartment when Asia arrived. Now, when an officer interviewed Feaster and Devin Aberton, they both confessed that they were involved. Feaster told the police that she knew Asia planned to testify against her brother, Deshaun Corum, after Asia accused Corum of rape. Devin and Crystal also admitted to police that they knew about the case and they end the planned testimony as well. I don't know how they thought they would get away with this. I honestly don't. I'm reading this story. I'm, I'm looking at all this information and I don't get how they would even remotely think they would get away. How do you think anyone would ever get away from this? When you have got a situation where there is a documented rape case, it's going to be going to trial. She's going to be the witness because she's making the accusation. How do you think that killing her is going to make this whole thing go away? It's, it's, it's astonishing how little foresight people have. However, it worked. It did. The Norfolk Commonwealth's attorney's office said that Deshaun Corum was charged with rape and other charges in which Asia Cowell was the victim. However, on a preliminary hearing on September 29th uh, in the Norfolk Juvenile and Domestic Relations Court, six days after Asia Cowell's body was found, the hearing didn't actually go forward at all because the Commonwealth's attorney's office learned that she had died. Upon receiving the news, the office filed a motion to withdraw the charges, which was accepted. So the plan was kill the witness, kill the case. And that's exactly what happened. They killed the witness. They killed the case. They dropped the charges. I, like, that is... That's insane. Uh, the hearing didn't go forward. As I just said, let me get back to my place here. Now, Devin did say this. This is in his interview with police. He says that Crystal Abertrin and Daja Feaster plotted to kill Asia to block her testimony. And he says he knew about the plan and helped them kidnap her. Now, Feaster and Devin helped Crystal restrain Asia when she arrived. Crystal and Devin then forced Asia into Crystal's car as De Crystal Abertrin drove uh, to Newport News according to this article. And Daja Feaster told police that she held Asia in the backseat at gunpoint. Feaster continued to hold Asia at gunpoint until after Crystal stopped at a wooded area, and then they began walking deep in the woods. 
I mean, at this point, Asia has to know what's going on. She has to know that, like, she's going to die. Like, she just has to. Unless she thought to herself, they're just going to scare her. They're just going to let her go. They're just going to frighten her, maybe rough her up a little bit, leave her out there as a warning and tell her to drop the case. Maybe that's what she thought. Maybe that's what they told her. But I think if, if I was in that position, I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm dead. You know, you make her run for it. But then again, she's 17. I'm not trying to shame her. She's gone. I don't know necessarily what I would do in that situation. But I think many of us are looking at this right now going like, holy shit. Now. Feaster then told uh, the police that Crystal Alberton wanted her to shoot Asia, but Feaster hesitated. So Feaster wanted this whole thing done. It was her brother who was being accused of rape. So when she hesitated, Crystal grabbed the gun and shot Asia. Now, Devin, her brother or whatever, her relation, was not there at the time of the shooting. But Crystal did say that she shot and killed Asia. I think at that point in time, Devin knew what was going on. I'm not going to sit there and try to assign any kind of like sympathy to this guy. Like, well, he was just kind of an unwitting third party. Nah, he was involved. He was involved. So this is what Devin then did. Devin Alberton confessed that he disposed of Asia's cell phone and other belongings and also got rid of the murder weapon. So yeah, you know, he had an active role. Crystal and Devin, as well as Daja, have now all been charged with first-degree murder in Asia's death. This story is tragic for a number of reasons. Because I feel like the justice system failed Asia. And that's a weird thing to say, considering that it, how things played out. There's no way that the justice system would ultimately know what was going on. But the fact that the rape charges were dropped. Now, granted, the rape charges were dropped before the authorities completed their investigation and, and were able to ascertain confessions. But they were still dropped. So I wonder if now, because they killed her in order to prevent her from testifying, if the charges will be reinstated, if they're able to be reinstated, I have no idea. Now, they are saying that the brother had knowledge of the plan, which could then levy other charges at him. Of course, he'll probably deny. But I still feel like the justice system, system failed there. And I hope that in some way uh, there can be justice for Asia because she was a double victim. And she did nothing wrong. And that is, you know, a story. I, this story didn't even get a lot of play. It didn't get a lot of attention. It kind of fell through the cracks in 2020. And I feel like a story like this is one that deserves to be talked about. There are some stories that gain greater attention than others on a nationwide or worldwide scale. And this is one that didn't. And that is exceptionally tragic to me. As always, I want to hear your thoughts and your opinions on it. Definitely let me know. Okay, so let's give an update on the Amethyst Killian situation. Uh, I talked about this last week. This was another tragic story where you had a 22-year-old mother of two recently discovered she was pregnant with her third child leave her home at 1 o'clock in the morning to go to a convenience store not far away. She didn't return, and it wasn't until the next night at 8 p.m. when the parents contacted the authorities. 
Now a suspect has been arrested in the case and it is, well, terrible, even though the news is still relatively light. So here's what we know. Damien Delgado, 27 years old of O'Fallon, Missouri, is now facing charges of first-degree murder, second-degree murder, and armed criminal action in the death of Amethyst J. Killian, a pregnant 22-year-old woman who was found dead on Friday, just a block from her home. Now, the St. Charles County prosecuting attorney Tim Lomar says this was not a random act of violence. This was a targeted act of violence. Killian was stabbed, I believe, over 20 times. And she was stabbed mostly in the head, the neck, and the abdomen. Now, the abdomen is what is crazy to me because I have a feeling that Delgado would have known that she was pregnant. I have a feeling that Delgado would have been fully aware at five months you're showing. Maybe not much, but you're, you know, you got something going on. And so here's what we know. According to the authorities that uh, Killian had met up with Delgado after connecting with him on a messaging app called TextNow, and the pair were engaged in a potentially dangerous situation prior to her death. Aside from that, there was no connection between the victim and Delgado, according to prosecuting attorney Tim Lomar. But think about that. Engaged in potentially dangerous situation. What they're not saying and what I kind of feel they should be saying, but I understand why they're not saying it, is that Amethyst was a sex worker. When I talked about her death the other day, last week, I, I covered that. She had relatively high marks from the reviews I was able to read. However, one person did reach out, not to me, but to somebody else, and recounted their tale of how Amethyst had actually ripped them off. How her and her boyfriend, Stephen uh, Cole, I think this was his name, or Coke, had ripped them off. Now, again, I have no way of proving any of that. That's simply an allegation, but that is the message that they sent. Uh, that they were uh, running scams on people that they had met through this prostitution app in order to be able, because think about it, like, you know, if, if you get ripped off by a hooker, the likelihood of you calling the authorities to report being robbed by a prostitute is really low. It is. So that's maybe what they were doing, according to this allegation. Again, we have no real knowledge of it. So uh, the prosecutor declined to elaborate during the press conference uh, what that meant. However, a source uh, close to the matter did tell the New York Post here that the two had met up for consensual sex. Yeah, it was, again, no one is mentioning the prostitution. And I don't get that. I'm not even saying that as a negative. I'm not saying that to shamer. I'm legitimately asking the question. Like, this is news. This is part of the story. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they're dancing around it for some reason. You know, she was a mother of two, pregnant, also a, a prostitute. I have I, no problem. Well, yeah, no, she's fine sex-wise until like, the, what, the, like late in the third trimester? And even then, again, I'm not shaming her, but it's like this is part of the story and they, they're just overlooking it. 
Uh, evidence at the crime scene includes droplets of blood and surveillance video from the gas station that actually led investigators to Delgado. Detectives went to his home and found that he'd actually attempted suicide by cutting his arms on the front porch of his home a day earlier. Now, as far as I know from, from some investigation work, Delgado is married. And that becomes a very interesting subject of conversation and one that doesn't get touched upon very often. But uh, Delgado was taken to the hospital for treatment and has now been charged with murdering Killian and her unborn child after his DNA matched evidence at the crime scene and a suspected murder weapon. There's also a second degree murder count that he is facing in connection with Killian's unborn fetus. And that's where we have it right now on that story where you've got a 27-year-old man met a local prostitute through a text app for consensual sex on Thanksgiving Day at 1 o'clock in the morning. He showed up, and he killed her. Why? I keep asking myself, why? Now, it's, it's according to the investigation, at least what they're saying, and they probably would come out and say more if there was more, is that there was no other connection between the victim and Delgado. So... I don't know if this means that they had met only through that app or if they'd only met multiple times. I'm sure at this point, Delgado is probably spilling his guts. But there's been some speculation that, you know, that the uh, that that Delgado's wife found out about it. I've seen that speculation online. I, I don't know how true that is. I don't think so. That would have been mentioned, I think. But that is where we are. That is where we are with the story. Uh, a, a young mother. Dead. And I do, you know, I want to make a quick correction because there was a, this is where it gets a little bit fishy when you, when you talk about these things as they happen. Um, you know, the, the boyfriend was, you know, he was aware of what she did. He, we, we know that now based upon his Facebook and he clearly wasn't supportive of her being involved in sex work. So then the question becomes like, you know, so there was some speculation aimed at him. And, uh, and I think I might, I fueled that a little bit. So for that, I apologize. It's one of those things where, you know, you, you, you cover these things, you talk, you give your speculation, um, but I was wrong. So I want to make sure that that is a hundred percent. You know, I want to make sure I address that. Keep, keep honest with you guys over this one. If I make mistakes, I want to acknowledge it. Anyway, uh, Amethyst, uh, her family is currently setting up a GoFundMe for funeral expenses. And I really hope that they reach their goal. This is a tragedy. Uh, and one that, you know, I don't know if, if the answers for everything will ever truly be put out there, but I hope we one I hope we one day get the answers. I want to know what drove Delgado to do this. If it was a targeted act of violence, what about it was targeted? That to, it just feels like such a weird thing to say, but anyway, as always, I want to hear your thoughts, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the milk garden. All right, and finally today, guys, let's talk about this. Uh, this isn't, uh, no one's dead, right, in this story, which is good, but it's still crazy and it's still worth talking about because I think this is a, an, an issue, mental health, inappropriate relationships, and, uh, and how I think parents need to spend more time being fully aware of who their children talk to on the internet, especially if it's their teacher. So uh, this is uh, this is happening here where we got Riverton police officers have arrested a former middle school teacher on Friday for kidnapping a girl by placing her in a plastic bin 
and taking her into his classroom, as well as other inappropriate relations with students in the past. So this is like a chronic ongoing thing for this guy. Uh, it says here that Lucas Sloan Talley, 38 years old, is a, uh, well, was a teacher at the South Hills Middle School for the past 12 years and has been involved in multiple uh, contacts, personal contacts, with many, many, many young girls during the duration of his career. And much of the interactions were of a personal nature and not related to the school. So this guy immediately, I mean, you find out this guy's basically a predator. But from my understanding, it, does, it he never acted, well, he acted, but it wasn't like full acting. You know, he didn't go all the way, which is good. But I'm still wondering how this was able to last for roughly 12 years. So here's what we know about this specific case. Uh, Tally here began having an emotional relationship with a female victim in April and talked to the victim about his marriage as well as his anxiety and depression. He also began taking treats to her home, spending time with her outside of the house, and he physically hugged her during these visits. So this guy decided that it would be a good idea to, uh, to talk to a child, a middle schooler. So let's, let's, let's average the age at, let's say, 13. A teenager about his marriage as well as anxiety and depression. Uh, you know, just because a teenager claims that they... Uh, come on, at no point in time would a teenager be able to have those kind of hard discussions with him. Now, he also made plans in this particular case to meet up with the victim twice at the middle school while it was closed due to pan the, the COVID-19 pandemic. During these visits, however, Tally told the victim to get inside a large black and yellow Sterilite bin, which are generally sold at Costco and Walmart for like eight bucks. And he would wheel the bin by Dolly into his classroom. He would then shut and lock the door so no one else could see what was happening. He also told police that he made these arrangements without the victim's knowledge and even placed a label inside the bin that said, hope your box is comfortable. What the hell? So first off, I'm just like, how would he lure the girl to the school? That's my first question. And then when he gets there, he's like, look, I want to take you into the classroom with me, but no one can see you. Here, climb in this bin, and I'm going to wheel you inside. I mean, look, he had been grooming for a while, let's be fair. I mean, clearly, he's been grooming for a while. But man, that's some trust. You know, now, this is what happened, um, with, according to the authorities here. They discovered that the victim was actually touched inappropriately multiple times. He touched her inner thigh and was rubbing her leg. Now, that's, according to this, the extent of it, which is unacceptable, inappropriate, disgusting. But like I said, he didn't go all the way. In fact, his, his actions were grooming. Let's be fair. His actions were grooming because the victim was uncomfortable and scared that something sexual was about to happen and didn't want to be in the setting. Now, up until the investigation, Tally had told no one about placing the victim into a bin and wheeling her into his classrooms. He did, however, tell detectives that he does not feel a girl her age is able to consent or even choose to be put into a bin and wheeled into his classroom. So, so he's like, look, this girl can't consent, and she clearly can't consent to going into this bin and being dollied into a classroom. But she did. But she did, allegedly. 
Uh, now, this is where it gets creepy. And you start to see more of the grooming aspect taking place. According to documents, Tally had thought about becoming a couple with the girl. He knew he'd have to wait multiple years before they could actually get to that point. He told detectives he loved her. And multiple emails, text messages, video messages were found with him telling the girl that he loves and misses her and wants to talk and see her on a daily basis. So he's grooming her. He's, you know, uh, talking to her about emotional problems, right? Therefore, getting her to sympathize and empathize with him and, and her feeling that she can help him, right? Or be, be someone who's in a position to help him. And then from there, he's giving her treats and he's spending time with her and he's initiating physical hugs and, uh, and, and, you know, secret rendezvous in his classroom with wheeling her in. I mean, the whole thing's a, a groom. Uh, it's, it's disgusting. Now, he did tell detectives here that he, uh, this is how he tried to explain it, that he has anxiety and panic attacks, and he would reach out to multiple young girls to see if they would talk to him and help him through his anxiety attacks. He talked to girls who also have issues with anxiety, depression, or other struggles that he is aware of. Now, he would not talk to some girls about personal issues if they had no struggles he was aware of. Detectives have actually located many of these girls, and uh, they're now talking to them. So think about this. This guy, so this was an ongoing thing. He was, he was playing the field. He would look for young, impressionable middle age, middle school age girls who had mental issues. And he would then use his own depression, anxiety, marital problems to try to see which ones of them he could actually get some kind of emotional response out of. Therefore set in the hook for the groom. And this, I mean, it's pretty, it's like 12 years of this, man. I guarantee you at some point in time, he's probably had intercourse with one of these students. And intercourse isn't even the right word. It's rape. Let's be real here, guys. It's rape. Uh, and even this is like emotional rape, in my opinion. Now, the victim, uh, now he did uh, tell the cops that he realized that there was a need for validation from the female students and thrives on it. So I, this guy is so fucked up in his own world. He's so messed up in his own right. That he's just like, no, listen, listen, I, I, I have to be validated by these girls. I, I have to be validated in, in my existence. My existence is so terrible. I have to get validation from these impressionable teen, young teenagers uh, in order to, uh, to, to, I don't know, get off maybe. Now, he says uh, that he struggled uh, because of the pandemic and also with not having his uh, validation. So he began talking to his victim uh, Mondays through Fridays. And he was aware that he was overstepping his teacher role, but considered his interactions with the victim a type of therapy. She's like a teen, dude. Uh, you're, you can't ask a teenager to give you that type of therapy. What do you, what the hell? Anyway, the victim's mother that found out about this, okay, at least to some extent, and told him to stop contacting the daughter in June, which he acknowledged, okay, because of course, you know, they're going to sit there, oh yeah, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And then from there, continued to send her messages. This is to the victim. He told detectives that the parents of his other victims have told them to stop talking to their daughters as well. Now, I know I made the comment at the beginning of the episode about parents being more aware. Uh, and, and I stand by what I said, even though the parents here were like doing the right thing. I saying like, hey, no, don't talk to my kid. Um, at that point in time, it might be best to like really heavily monitor and instill in your children that this is not a good thing. That's, uh, you know, I think the parents needed to do more. I'm being honest with you. 
Uh, Tally downplayed and lied about aspects of the case when interviewed by detectives and initially denied having been in contact with students outside of school settings. Detectives are now investigating all the other cases. But again, talking about his anxiety and depression and marital issues, he goes on to say that he has gotten, he's had suicidal tendencies in the past year due to these issues and that he once drove from Fort Collins, Colorado, drove to Fort Collins, Colorado, because he just wanted to get away from everything. Now, authorities believe he may be more of a flight risk to himself due to heightened feelings of anxiety and depression as a result of the arrest and is considered a flight risk when overwhelmed by his feelings. So he can be held without bail. I mean, you know, they're going to request that 100%. In fact, they actually have. Uh, they've requested to not have him released on bail for the safety of the community, the victim, and himself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the guy's currently locked into Salt Lake City County Jail on two counts of kidnapping, uh, which is crazy to think about, that uh, that it's kidnapping, but the girl went willingly, right? It's such a weird way to frame it, I guess. I'm bad I'm not against the charges. I think this guy's going to go away for a while. I think this dude is just 100% effed up. You know, and it's, it's, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad that in the position that we find ourselves when I'm talking about this, that this guy did not act upon it in any other way. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad that nothing happened in this case, but I still think that there's going to be other instances where he has gone too far. I think if he's been doing this for 12 years, there's no way he can sustain just that kind of emotional connection and have it not go something else. If he was rubbing her thigh and her leg and telling her that he loved her and that he wanted to be in a relationship with her, he was clearly edging towards something sexual. So I think, the, I think we will find that there was another victim that that happened with. But in the meantime, I don't know. I'm not a cop. I'm an idiot with the microphone. This is talking to you guys about some crazy true crime stuff I come across on the world. Uh, and as always, I want to hear your thoughts and your opinions on this. So with that, that actually wraps up the episode. Um, look, I mean... You know, this is some wild stuff. My heart goes out to the family of Asia Cowell and Amethyst Killian. Um, both of those stories are tragic. Both of those stories uh, could have been avoided. I, I think it's um, it's just terrible to see. You know, it's just absolutely terrible to see. Uh, but as always, this is what we talk about. The dangerous aspect of the world, the craziness, the dark side of it. The seedy underbelly of society. And as always, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this. Uh, you can head over to Instagram.com forward slash the milk or milk carton cast or Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the milk carton. Uh, get in on the action. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Have yourself a great day. Thank you again and peace out. <laughs>